again, th this is the reason why I brought you guys on because you kind of touched on all the questions that I have with, within the scope. But um, I, I, I want to go back to, we, we, we have um, church fathers, church history. There are other people that are, are doing the work that are doing mm -hmm. it well, but we also have origin origin uh he, you know he thumbs his, his uh uh nose at at uh, caesar you know another here i stand i can do no other type deal uh a, a polycarp of his time but he's reading kind of whatever he wants into scripture and he's saying look it's allegory um i can take that allegory and apply it to uh today um so let, let me just come up one off the top of my head that no one's ever done um i'm david uh my sin is goliath and i just need the rocks of prayer, uh, scripture, um, uh, what else? Um, uh, money, uh, money is in there too. Uh, whatever, how, however many examples I need to get to six rocks and just, just one of them, just one of them will flay my sin. So you can send me Psalm $74 and 49 cents for Psalm 74, 29 <laughs> and send that to cave of the cross apologetics. That's right. Uh, how is, uh, or, how is that not? Or you can send it to us by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. <laughs> Listen, we'll get to yours uh, at the end. <laughs> you know, but that's not, that's not what happens. <laughs> you guys do need coffee at the time that you guys record. So, <laughs> so uh, how is, how is yeah. origins hermeneutics? Not as good. He, uh, he was solid. He, he, he knew to stand against Caesar. We, we like that. We, mm -hmm. we love those, you know, uh, I mean, he was David. Caesar was Goliath. And he was like, no, get out of my face. I'm going to go back to preaching and I, you know, things happen. So wh why, why isn't origins yeah. hermeneutics just as valid and, and good? I mean, God used him in church history, right? Yeah. There's the, the hermeneutical question. One of that, one of that is, um, so what we're talking, uh, kind of, there's two types of, her of hermeneutic that we, um, there were actually four, but we, we kind of more talk about just the two. There's also the, the topological, uh, tropological, I for I always forget the fourth and then there's allegorical and liter and literal. And, uh, when people hear those two options, um, we, we like, first of all, like allegorical is to say, like we know, we know allegory, like, okay. Like even though Lewis denied it, Narnia was kind of an allegory. Like it's, it's, or, or, or we'll go with, you know, Pilgrim's progress was intentionally an allegory. Um, the story itself doesn't matter in this sense, but what matters is that it represents something else. That's not how they read scripture. Even but, but Josh, the, Josh, Jesus is a door. He's a literal door. If you want to take it literally, <laughs> if you can't take that uh, allegorically, yeah. then, uh, then I don't know what, what yeah. to do with you. And if, and if the world isn't flat on four pillars, then I've lost everything. Great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you admitted it here. <laughs> <laughs> and also the birds aren't real, but, uh, but they, but they didn't read it that way either. Like the al allegory was kind of one of the tools in their chest. They still use literal readings, um, but we have to be clear what, what literal meant. Um, it's now become one of those battles of like, you know, like you, you have, especially dispensationalists, which, uh, you know, again, if you're a dispensationalist, don't be, but, but uh, you know, there'll, there'll be this battle over whether or not literal readings, you know, I'm no, we're reading it the literal way. No, we're reading it the literal way. Well, literal in that sense, meant literary, 
Like it meant the, in the sense of when you read, um, a book, uh, the way you read a book, <laughs> yeah, when you read a poem, you don't read that and think, you know, like no one reads song of Solomon and thinks that woman's neck is like a tree, like that. She's got like this long tree, like neck and like fawns coming out of her. Anyway, uh, like, like we, we know that we're talking about like, uh, in that sense, it, it allegory is the literal reading like another set another, another way, like the book we're reading revelation allegory is the literal way of reading Romans 13. Uh, revelation 13. John doesn't picture an actual seven headed beast coming out of, did I say Romans? Yes. Yeah. Dang it. Ah. <laughs> did it. Okay. Libertarian Freud. Uh, it always comes back revelation 13 there's not a a literal seven-headed beast coming out of the literal ocean he's using imagery and so uh i think that's something to keep in mind is that and and that is something also that we talk about the reformation in many ways the reformation was the conquest of the literal reading because um especially the further away we get from the original context in which the writings were made, the more the allegories become more fanciful, the way the, the moralistic readings get more further untethered from the original reading. And um, the literal becomes like, we need to more and more get back to the literal reading. What kept even those people using the, the allegorical reading back then was that the literal reading wasn't as hard for them because they weren't as far removed from the historical context. Um, but, but even to them, we can say like, there's something like, uh, you know, uh, I think Jeff and I have talked about, you know, there's, there's sort of the, the two flaws there's the flaw of older is better. So older is always better or the flaw of newer is always better out with the old in with the new, what CS Lewis calls uh, chronological snobbery, that if something's new, it must be better. And you have to reject both of those because there's a sense in which we can look back to the first, to the church fathers. And we can say, we have learned from your mistakes because we've seen how they play out. We've seen how the allegorical reading plays out over history. It does get to a point where you can make the Bible say whatever you want. If you're untethered from the original reading and, um, and, but also like there is a sense in which we also don't want to look back on them and say, you know, poo poo on you. They had important things that they had to say because they were closer to the historical context in which the text was written. And because they just the, we we need to acknowledge that we stand on the backs of giants, even when we even as we move beyond them, in some ways, we are moving beyond them because they catapulted us forward, you know, e- even in those situations. And and um, but I think the big thing is like literal that f- word trips a lot of people up. Um, that's why we've we've kind of gone gone away from that in favor of the phrase grammatico historical. So grammar you hear grammar we're trying to read the what is the what is the main verb what is the set you know subject what is the object the thing that you didn't pay attention to in english class and uh we're trying to remember that and go back to that 
Uh, but it's, also it's why lesson three in Mounts's uh, learning Greek is learn English. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Once you get the alphabet yes. down, you go back and you go, oh, I, now I have to do 12 years yeah. of English again. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that sort of thing is, is what we you have to do is grammatical historical. We're also looking at the historical context. Uh, don't make the assumption that everything is written to your day and time. And, uh, and that's kind of where we, uh, that comes from. Yeah. In, uh, in grasping God's word, Duvall and Hayes says this quote, since we live in a very different context, we must recapture God's original intended meaning as reflected in the text and framed by the ancient historical cultural context. Once we understand the meaning of the text in its original context, we can apply it to our lives in ways that will be just as relevant. So mm -hmm. the question then comes, okay, yeah. I don't read Greek. Uh, I, I read Greek terribly. I, you know, Strong's is still something that uh, helps me say the words and, and I, I, I say things out even more phonetically than, than when I have to, because when I teach uh, uh, the, the youth of our church, I want to make uh, me sound important. So I include the Greek. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, all the history. Um, a lot of the history seems to come from uh, what we think we know from from secular text or, uh, you know, a, a, a text removed from their time, e even knowing about who Julius Caesar is, is removed hundreds of years from when it was written. So all, all the uh, all the claims that we we counteract with um, the, the writings of the Gospels, we we always um, I, I think um, we just leave it there and say, oh, yeah, well, what about Caesar? Uh, because everything, unfortunately, does come back to Caesar in, in, in that. So. Do I have to know Greek? Do I have to know uh, the history behind things? Uh, do I have to know uh, what Paul meant when he said, uh, uh, you, you, you uh, filthy rags, uh, that your good works are filthy rags? Do, do I have to know what those are in order to um, get, the, get the most out of Scripture, to, to uh, be uh, maybe not edified, but it, it, if, if I were to die without knowing Greek or, or the, the idioms, Am I going to just have a, a lower tier in heaven or am, am I good? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I think this is an issue where like, and, okay, and Josh, so, that, um, that, that I use that, that uh, example of filthy rags so that you would get out of the crap uh, reference. So I, I, I did one better. <laughs> there you go. Although, uh, although that is actually from the fifth gospel, Isaiah, not, not from, not from Paul, but. <laughs> but i think uh we we also have to okay so um this is where the 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 hermeneutical principle of perspicuity comes in and i love that word perspicuity because it's such a big fancy word that literally means clear and so they use <laughs> like phonetically the complicated, is ph yeah <laughs> They use the most complicated word to say scripture is clear. <laughs> That's how you get published. That's how you get published. Well, and, 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 and then they, they, they yeah, often change the form of the word too, so that you have to know perspicacious uh, and, <laughs> and, so, and but, so on. You, yeah, they, they're, uh, they're, they're really good at following the principle that that word enunciates. <laughs> but the principle of perspicuity or the clarity of scripture is that, um, well, I'll just say the way that the Westminster Confession or, or the London Baptist, I don't know if they changed it, but it's, 
it's I think all that. Um, they basically they say it like this: all texts are not alike, equally clear. But what is in, what is necessary for salvation and obedience, for saving knowledge of God, and for obedience to His Word, is clear enough that um, I don't I don't know how they phrase it, but basically I'd say it was, so that anyone reading it can understand. So when we're talking about biblical hermeneutical principles. In many ways, we're talking about how to get deeper questions. And if we're talking about apologetics, if you're going to want to be arguing over texts, you're going to want these tools to do that. But it's not like you have to, you know, again, we, we go back to like, you can be patient. You can take your time getting these things because what is essential in the text of scripture, you can find, you can turn right now. If you are an unbeliever, you can turn right now to first Corinthians 15, one through four, and you can learn what the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance to scripture, that he was buried and he was raised again in accordance to the scriptures. And you can read that from, from Romans 10, uh, faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So if you want to be saved, you hear that gospel, you trust it. That's what faith means. You believe it and you can be saved. Uh, and, and you're saying, and according to John three sixteen, if you uh, if you believe in Him, you will not perish, but have eternal life. That is all clear. You don't need to do a grammatical historical analysis in order to understand that. Let me tell you, I've done a grammatical historical analysis of all three of those texts. It's pretty much what you think it's saying. <laughs> so, you what what is essential is clear. There, but there's a, a host of other things. Like, really, what we're talking about is the same thing that I think you would talk about, which is worldview. Like, what is the the your view of the world? And and if you want to develop a deeper worldview, then yes, learning these tools is helpful. But also, like, there's a lot in this in the scripture that you can learn just from a simple reading. Now, am I going to tell you that it's not going to be that you're that you're not going to in some ways go deeper by knowing Greek and Hebrew? Yeah, it's it's going to be helpful because, but not necessarily because you're going to be correcting your text. Like this is something that we talk a lot about on our show is not because you're going to be correcting the text constantly, but you're going to get a flavor for the way the sentence is structured, and it's going to you're going to you're going to feel closer to the author by doing that. I think that's the greatest benefit of knowing the original languages is you feel closer to the original writing by by taking it in. And are you going to? have a deeper sense of many texts by understanding how first century shepherding worked. Yeah. John, John 10 is going to deepen for you. If you, if you can understand that. Um, but, but what is essential is clear and, and you don't have to wait until you've gotten your, your master of divinity in order to, to read God's word. And in many ways, what we're finding out by doing grammatical historical uh, analysis is that a lot of the common teachings that have been passed down throughout the years are pretty much correct. <laughs> right. So ju just as we talk about presuppositionalism here or metaphysics or epistemology or ethics, um, so, uh, 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 no offense to little old ladies, but the little old lady can just go, well, I just believe my Bible. And mm -hmm. she's just as much on firm, solid ground than me going, well, you know, you allow, for uh, I allow for miracles to occur under my worldview. So when I see the party in the Red Sea, I don't have to go, well, there was some wind and it was really yeah. harsh wind. And then 
uh, the, the things happened, uh, you know, yeah. just like nine 11 things happened. So, um, we, <laughs> we, we, um, we, we, to, to complicate the situation doesn't mean that we're missing out. It's just, we're offering a, a another level of conversation, uh, within that. So, um, uh, I guess that's well, my and, comment. And, and so one of the parts of believing the Bible is believing Peter when he says that there are many things in Paul which are difficult to understand, which the untaught right. and unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures. So it's at least a warning to not be untaught, don't be unstable, don't distort the scriptures. Yeah. That it, that, that, so that, um, that, that verse applies to me and not just other people who I don't like. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, terrifying. absolutely. Man, I've stabbed <laughs> <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> well, and, 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 and this is, this is why uh, maybe we haven't <laughs> given this the appropriate attention it deserves. To this man I will look, the one who is of humble and upright heart and who trembles at uh-huh. my word. Uh-huh. There the fear of the Lord yeah. is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. Yeah. What does that mean in Hebrew, Pastor? It means the fear <laughs> of the Lord yeah. is the beginning <laughs> of wisdom. <laughs> um, and, yeah. um, and actually, actually does not just mean respect, like, so many people will start to gloss that it does yeah. it there does. is respect right there, yeah there is there is more man, yeah <laughs> I mean, i'll tell you what yeah. there was one time when i i was a very angry middle schooler and i was i was getting so worked up that i was going to attack my mom and my dad flattened me in the living oh. room and I learned that he could take me down. He could beat me to, to pieces if he wanted to. And then in learning that, I learned to fear and respect him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, well, it, and- it, it, it is this, 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 um, the, the, the big and the small, it, 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 and it's, it's exactly what we see in the incarnation too. It's the, the creator of the universe. He creates ex nihilo, which just means out of nothing. And I sound really smart by using uh, a Latin phrase there. And you have to, and, yeah, well, you know, it, 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 it helps, you know, it, uh, these college degrees behind, oh, no, I got one. Um, but he, you know, he, he creates from nothing. He orders things. Uh, he, he does things not because he has to, but because he wants to. And he it, the the uh, Genesis three happens and there's a Genesis four and you know what there's a promise in Genesis three that allows for Genesis four and then he comes down and he humbles and he he um, tabernacles he indwells and he relationships with me and that's yeah. that is a a that that can't happen that I'm with Dawkins, you know, uh, God's so big that he could, he, us listening to him, like you said, is like t- talking to slugs, except he became a slug and he was with us and he promises to separate our, our, our hate of him to a love for him and change our hearts and not just change it from a, a, a non-beating heart, but a, a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. It's, 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 uh, uh, you know, we, we, we joked about this before, I think offline, but I think Christianity exists in the butts or the 
However, you know, it's, it's, it would make a terrible sermon title that probably the people that you'd want to show up wouldn't show up, but the, the therefores or howevers, I mean, that, that, that comma pause, there's a continuation of the story. That's, that's an amazing thing that we can offer the world yeah. as just the conduit, yeah. you know, God's, God's the, uh, the source of light. The person at the end is the light bulb. I am just the messenger who tries not to bend the, the, the copper wire too much. And to Jeff's point though, and also and to Jeff's point, I think it's, it's kind of like the, the beauty of the cross is that that's the moment where divine justice and wrath meets divine love and mercy and grace. And there's a sense in which that same thing is happening when we're coming into to the word, we are reading the word that is, it is gracious and merciful and loving that he stooped to speak to us. And yet there comes that there's verses like the, the twisted and unstable twisted to the, the, the unlearned and unstable. They twist to their own destruction where James says, you know, don't, you shouldn't all want to be teachers. I hate that verse because it's, it's saying I'm going to be. I left it out on judged. purpose. <laughs> I'm going to be judged more strictly. And, but like there is a, there, there is a sense in which like we should in some ways tremble before this thing, this, this word that we have. And I think that's really what we're saying when we're talking about hermeneutics. It's not that it's not to overcomplicate things. It's not to muddy the waters or to say like, you can't read your word. Wait until, wait until an adult comes and shows you how to do it. You know, like we're not saying that we're saying, remember, this is God's word. And and yes, what is essential is clear. And if you, if you try and muddy that water, if at any point we use our hermeneutical gobbledygook to muddy the water of John three sixteen or of, of first Corinthians 15 or, or, you know, those essential verses that give us peace and joy or Romans eight, uh, Romans eight, if we muddy the waters of Romans eight, then we also should, should tremble. But also we should we should tremble in that there is much in this word that um, there's much in this word that people have twisted and and we need to to walk carefully. And and uh, and also, I think there's a there's also a sense in which this is the word of the Lord. And so, like, what we're really talking about is is like, OK, yeah, like uh, Luther uses this his metaphor you know, get, you know, getting all the Luther references in today. Uh, but uh, Luther has the metaphor of like, I study my Bible the same way I pick apples. The first I shake the trunk. And then it's talking about like the big themes, the things that are easy, that'll drop, picks up the apples. And then he says, then I shake the branches. And then I, I shake the, 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 uh, the smaller branches. Then I shake the twigs. And he's saying like, you, it's like going from the big narrative down to just the individual verses and trying to, to milk it for all it's worth and, and hermeneutics or, or the other, the twit, the, the, the partner word to that exegesis, which is about reading out of the text instead of reading into the text, which is a huge danger, which is eisegesis. Like we, like it, it's not, it's about like, this is God's word. Don't you want to, get everything you want. Like, don't you want to suck the marrow out of this thing? Like this is, this is every, like, I forget where I read this, but like someone said, the dust of this book is gold. I think it was some Puritan said the dust of this book is gold. 
and and you you want to take you want to treat it with all the respect you can and to to dig deep into it and use every tool you can and uh and, and that's for the most important part of, of like we said of like i said learning to view the world the way god views the world the way he calls us to view the world and and uh it's gonna take work but it's 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 the work of digging for gold like and once you find and you're gonna find it and it is a greater joy than if you were to just keep just flipping through your bible looking for victory verses to pull pluck out here and there <laughs> yeah so so uh jeremiah 29 is is the, the one that i referenced before um and and that one you know it it, it it sounds nice and then you get to uh 13 14 where all of a sudden you do have to take it as allegorical uh because you have to you have to really reach deep for fortunes and then uh nations and places uh driven from you and and all that stuff but th- there are there seems to, to be passages where um we can, it seems like we can pull from. So I, I, I brought up one, uh, first Timothy four thirteen. it says, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And that sounds like something that could apply to me, but it, it seems to be a letter written by Paul to Timothy, who's becoming a pastor and he's being, um, kind of mentored of, of kind of, uh, his first love, uh, uh, what to do, um, kind of, uh, keep on what you know is the case. Can I apply First Timothy four thirteen to me, or, or, or I, I, I guess more generally, not not so much that one. Um, how how can I be? Um, how can the, the the red flags go up? Uh, the 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 red alert from uh, Star Trek of uh, you know we're in danger of 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 throwing ourselves into danger here where it it doesn't apply to us. Is it is it just oh if I read enough verses out from it I'm good, or um, or is there more to it? I mean, it probably won't surprise you to say there's more to it, but uh, reading more <laughs> verses outside of it is going to help. Um, you know, especially talking about Jeremiah 29 11. Actually, I think that's a deeper verse than even just standalone. If you read it in the whole context, I think it's even more beautiful than we even know. But I think it's in the, in the, in the verse that you bring up of like re, be devoting yourself to the public reading of the word and, and to exhortation, all that stuff. Like, um, it's a little more complicated than that. Like you're going to want to take the whole book and, and cause in that you're going to find out, well, let's say if it's not you reading it, but your wife reading it, then we would see, well, in chapter two says, Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to get into controversial <laughs> territory. Chapter two says uh, that he does not allow a, I do not allow a woman to have to teach or have authority. And uh, a lot of people would take that as exegetical fancy word for saying two uh, two words, meaning the same thing. Essentially the idea of teaching and having authority is having a teaching authority. So it's not saying that women can't teach. It's not saying that women can't open their Bible and say, Hey, I read this. I think you're in the wrong. Uh, you know, that's some kind of exhortation like that, but the sense of teaching authority, which is what four thirteen is about as well. well like or that, that woman not apply to her. The despot of her house is 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 the word the scripture uses for the way she runs the house that that she's the despot of her house she obviously has authority yeah and and i think there's a and and so that's that's part of it is there's there's um 
this this is where that the uh, I always like to, to draw a quadrilateral of like uh, the interaction of spiritual theology or of systematic theology, biblical theology, exegetical theology, and uh, historical theology. Like historical theology being this this tradition of the church, reading what what. Uh, saints throughout the ages had to say about a text exegetical theology being like just just digging into one verse you know and we talked about systematic and biblical before but like there is you are going to be bouncing back and forth between all of them in fact uh interpretation the biblical interpretation or hermeneutics is often pictured like a spiral where there is a and, and it's like you're starting you're going to start in this corner with your spiral you're you're and you're just gradually working your way around and you're making your way closer and closer to the center. And there's a sense in which sometimes that's what we're doing with some of these texts is you're going to see it, see a verse and you're going to say, I mean, uh, I, I don't really understand this, but then later in, in context with another verse, you're going to come back to it. And so, um, and this is where, once again, we go back to like, well, you know what? Uh, for one thing, Scripture is never going to contradict itself. So if you think it's contradicting itself, you misunderstood one of the verses. And so, um, so if you know, there's other verses that, that would say this verse shouldn't apply to you. Well then, you know, that's probably a good, that's probably a good red flag to say, well, but this is referring to someone. And so thinking like, so, so what should I, I should be encouraging my pastors to do this. I should be praying for them as they do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing is like, also like, again, don't leave your tools in your belt. If you're a Christian who attends a church, that's a, that's a tool in your belt. Like you can, here's a deal. Uh, you have to ask me a lot of questions before I start getting sick of you asking me Bible questions. <laughs> like it, you're, you're going to be like asking me 700 questions a day before I'm like, Oh, Oh, good. Oh man. I just, can I just get back to, to planning an event? Like I, I, there's, <laughs> I can attest to that from, from both Jeff and Josh's uh, uh, private messages that I've slid into a number of times. (laughs) And I think, you know, that's, that's one of the tools in your belt. Like you've got a pastor who has studied a lot of these things. Uh, I mean, hopefully if not, you know, maybe now's a good time to find a new church, but. And he's probably going to like, like, can can you walk me through John six rather than, you know, your, your message yesterday was kind of boring and I kind of fell asleep (laughs) a little bit in the middle. Can you do better next Uh, time? He's probably going to like the first one rather than the second one. Yes. (laughs) And, and another tool, of course, as I've said many times before, the, the catechisms and confessions, the classical catechisms and confessions of of the faith, particularly, I love the Baptist catechism and the Baptist confession. But if, you, if you're part of a tradition with those, don't leave, that's a tool in your belt. Don't leave that on the shelf. Right. So we, there is, there is not and cannot be a high priestly class of Christians who get to tell you what the Bible is. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no Fauci of first John. Um, I am but, the science. Hopefully someone's listening to this five years in the future going, what what about that criminal? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I I do, I do sincerely hope that, uh, um, that that dates this podcast. uh, um, uh, Filthy rags, filthy rags. It's fine. Yeah. As we're, uh, um, um, but I, anyway, um, so, um, but, 
if you read all of first John and then you get to the end and it says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And you go, wait a second. He didn't mention idols elsewhere in this book. Then actually um, you need help to understand it because he did. <laughs> um, he, he didn't change the subject at the, at the end of the book. Um, I, so you need to, you need to ask for help to understand what are the idols that he has laid out for the little children to avoid um, that he, that he's shown how to avoid in this, in this book. And, and you can ask, pastors you can ask friends you can ask people uh mm-hmm. um with more experience in in the word um and as as josh was saying you can ask dead people yeah <laughs> because uh because they've given us these these resources they've given us yeah. uh, uh we are we are so blessed with the with the ability now to um uh, to uh, rely on the just vast amount of biblical knowledge um, yeah. that people have labored hard to give us, so that so yeah. that I don't have to I don't have to go through and find all the uses of every Greek word that's used in the New Testament because Bauer, Donker, Arndt, and Gingrich yes. did that for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but Jeff, uh, you reform guys, you, you, you essentially broke up the, the, the one church for, we did. for, for Sola Fide and Sola Scriptura. Uh, you, right. you threw off the chains of the church and this magisterium and, and you said, no, uh, the Bible alone, right? Because well, to be born. clear, well, to be clear, uh, when we broke up, she was being very clingy and she was like, she wanted all of your, you gotta, your bills. You got to, Hey, you got to follow exactly what I say. You're not allowed to deviate. You know what? And you know what? You got to give me lots of money. And if you're going to get anything out of this relationship. So she really needed to be broken up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, and, and Jeff is going to try and rescue this. <laughs> <laughs> and if if you really want me to forgive you, you need to punch that Muslim guy over there. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. This is the allegory portion, right? But but anyway, so the, scriptura um, and 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 how it factors into our our yeah. our confessions so, and 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 so commentaries because we keep going we keep going back to luther um so <laughs> I we were calvinists luther, around here what happened <laughs> <laughs> well um luther was well, really a calvinist and so was luther we're not melanchthonists <laughs> which, which other people that's how nerdy we get on on their bible study by the way so <laughs> <laughs> um in fact, but, uh, I gotta say, this is very much like the Anarchist Bible Study, where <laughs> Jeff and I just rant about things and we're periodically interrupted by Patrick. This is pretty much <laughs> a, with, with nothing really to offer other than a quip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. This time we made the mistake of giving him a microphone. Um, that's <laughs> um, <laughs> the only difference. Um, it's because Luther is reading his Bible and sees that 
popes and councils have have aired <laughs> that they've that they've disagreed with each other um so that so that they um so that he can get from church history but he also sees that um that they have established this um superstructure of penance off of a word that actually means repentance mm-hmm. and and so and that's that's i would say luther's central insight it really um uh really luther um there's sometimes a discussion uh of of like foxes and hedgehogs so the fox knows many things and the hedgehog knows one thing really really well um and um uh and luther really was like a hedgehog he 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 really he really grasped all the implications of the difference between penance and repentance and that was his central insight and everything else sort of flowed out from that and he didn't want to reject the magisterium of the church but the magisterium of the church was wrong on this yeah. so he had to and that and so um and 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 so that is absolutely possible so the it, it is um it is entirely um it is entirely within uh the the four walls of of what we've let out here um to be able to say okay but the vast majority of the teachers around me have gotten this one wrong They've just missed it. They've just gotten it wrong. Like uh, if I, the closest example we um, we probably have um, from from our Bible study is uh, uh, is the um, Laodicea, the meaning of of the hot and cold. And so you'll have to tune into that episode to to get why we're we're saying that the vast majority of Bible teachers are wrong on that. And since we have recorded that episode, I I've heard four or five Bible teachers I like make that mistake, like in yeah. passing, just in assumption and, and, yeah. and, and just assuming, assuming that's what that means. I, I like, I've, I've known, I've known for a while this was an error, but until, uh, uh, until we uh, recorded that podcast, I didn't realize exactly how frequent it was. So like, it's weird. So that, it's weird that our one episode didn't fix everything. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. It's um, uh, but uh, but uh, if you if you'd like to help us fix everything with one episode, then you can go to fly, buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. Um, Good thing I, I edit these really heavily. <laughs> Good luck with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's, it's going to be next Reformation Day that it's coming out. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, he's he's uh, he's pulling pulling clips to deep fake this whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah. And, and I think there's also like a, a sense in which like uh, many people have said that the Reformation was the the uh, the conquest of Augustine's soteriology over his ecclesiology. Right. That in, in many ways, like and Luther was an Augustinian monk. Like that's an important detail that gets missed sometimes. His order was the Augustinian monks. He was a he was a student of Augustine uh, through and through. 
And so uh, th- there's some people have who have other other people also have accurate somewhat accurately said when we say Calvinism, we really mean Augustinianism. Like it's it's we're he he was going back into the archives, deep cuts. And, and in fact, there's a sense in which like part of the question the Reformation asked is also the, the question that we ask uh, on our show as libertarians is that it's, it's like, OK, you rebelled against the papal magistrate. Well, what gave them the right to be something against which someone would rebel? Like there's a sense in which like sometimes sometimes you have to ask that question of like, well, what makes you the authority? And, and um, like because because it's like I read my Bible and I find no pope in that. You know, I, I read my Bible. I find no. I mean, even if you want to uh, interpret uh, overseer bishop, I don't see any cardinals. Like, I don't see this overly complicated hierarchy uh, leading to an authoritative uh, pronouncer on top. And there's a sense in which that insight came slowly to Luther. Uh, it's like at the beginning, he definitely did not want to break away from Rome. In fact, everyone forgets. Everyone seems to forget. Luther didn't leave. They kicked him out. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's not like Luther was like walking up, walked up to the doors of the of the Catholic Church and said, I'm out. I'm out, homies. I'm starting a new ca- a new church. He was but, essentially kidnapped. Right. I mean, like he oh, yeah. was he was like, all right, I'm going to go back and convince uh, old king here. And they're like, mm, how about out the bathroom window here? It's it. it um, yeah. Yeah. But but he was excommunicated. And then it was through that process of 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 which where he started. I think that's where it's, it's like there's a sense in which, like you're saying, like there's a, like you pull, you pull one brick out of the Jenga and it starts to all fall down. Mm-hmm. You pull the brick of penitence versus repentance. And then uh, the rest of it starts to tumble. And uh, cause the next block to fall is um, wait a minute. I'm not justified by an infused righteousness that I have to work out by doing these, these, these good works and uh, specifically all this, the following the sacramental system. Okay. So it's just by, I'm imputed the righteousness placed in my account and upon me by, by faith alone. And then the next brick to fall is, well, wait, why am I following all of these sacramental systems when really we only find two sacraments and we find four means of grace. And, and then, and then the next thing is like, wait, who told us we needed to do this? How about that guy wearing the big hat? What gives him the right to tell us what to do by what standard? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's really what happens when you, you know, t- to come back around to the Bible, when you say, and this is a phrase I've been using in my own life is when you decide I'm going to be ruthlessly biblical, like I'm going to take a hacksaw to my, to my life and faith and say, I, unless I have biblical, like biblical warrant to believe this, this is what, what the, the reformers call the regulative principle that the Bible is the only rule of faith and life or faith and obedience, like no other. And so when you start becoming like, I'm going to be ruthlessly biblical. If I don't find biblical warrant for this belief, you're going to find lots of things falling apart. You're going to find things that you've assumed the Bible says for years that you're going to be like, now, wait a minute. Is this just a cultural thing? Is this just a like like uh <laughs> let's ooh 
let's get controversial. I mean, I've, I've done, I've, I've stayed away from controversial subjects so well so far, but like this idea of the sin of niceness in evangelical culture, mm-hmm. like when you decide to be ruthlessly biblical, you start to be like, I mean, not like go around and be a jerk, not like kindness isn't a fruit of the spirit, but like the sin of, of niceness of never step on anybody's toes of, of, you know, the 11th commandment of SBC life is never speak, uh, speak unkindly of another SBC person. You know, the, these sort of things were like meekness things roll over. Yeah. Yeah. This is not biblical. And, and, and I think that's really what, what we see in Luther's life is a gradual, um, decision to become ruthlessly biblical. Now there's a few areas where, uh, I would argue he didn't go far enough. Um, right. and, uh, but, and, and we wish the Lutherans would go back to Luther so they can continue their journey. Right. So, that's yeah. right. And, and we don't have to just go back to the reformation or Luther. We go back to scripture and we see right. Christ coming into second temple Judaism and let's make this man a King. Uh, you know, uh, let's lay down our, our, our palm branches before him. He's going to be the, the, the one that kicks out Rome. We're going to get the land back and things, I, I guess, will just go on. But no, I mean, the, 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 you know, there's a reason that we're, we're, we're waiting for part two of Jesus' return is because uh, for all us, uh, you know, the, the covenants and the dispensationalists, we're, we're waiting for uh, the king to come back and um, really yeah. put uh, the hurting to his enemies. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the Jews at the time were, were only concerned about, you know, that, that, that one branch of the Messiah that the, you know, the, 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 um, blue face paint, uh, you know, kilt wearing guy who's, you know, going to shout freedom and it's all going to be over from there. So no one really wants to look at what happened to the rest of Braveheart, but, um, it, you know, it, if, if, if they can be wrong, if their magisterium can be wrong, but still be good in a lot of things, you know, it's, it's not just the reformation happened and that's the, the one blip in history where, where we can say, okay, well, Ed Fontes, we're going back to the Bible. Uh, uh-huh. The, the, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's Jesus on the road, uh, resurrection pointing the disciples he's traveling with, to, here's me in the, in the old Testament. Here's me in the old Testament. Here's me in the old Testament. Here's me yeah. in the old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the, and and really that's what makes the reformation and the reformation theologians great was this um, was not only a desire like that ad fontes purpose uh, of get back to the Bible, but also the fact that it came with such courage. Like you wonder, like, I wonder if I would have had the courage of Luther, of Calvin, of, of Zwingli. Like everyone's apparently the big deal, at least in my circles, is to take a dump on Zwingli these days. But man, man like he was courageous and he was, uh, yeah, they, 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 they take, took courage at that time. Like when, when Luther is on his way to and from the, the Dia de Worms, um, and yes, that is how you pronounce it. Uh, he is uh, he is afraid that the papal assassins are going to catch him on the way and kill him before he gets there. And in fact, the, the story ends with him getting kidnapped by his own 
uh, by his own people. And, and, uh, but he thinks it's the assassin. So, so he's, <laughs> he's like, I'm pretty sure this is the end. He, he you know, they stopped the car- carriage and he's pretty sure he's dead now, but, uh, he gets the hood taken off and he finds out he's in, in Wittenberg. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a courage and a desire to get back. And did they go all the way? No. Uh, if you want, if you want to know how they didn't get all the way back to the Bible, well, I'll, let's just say I'm a Baptist. Um, but but there are things that, like we would say, like yeah, did, did they get all the way back? There's also senses in which maybe uh, they ingested some of the uh, <laughs> political. Uh, theory that they shouldn't have at the time. And I'm not just being an anarchist and saying that like most modern reformers would say, yeah, it was a mistake for Calvin to burn Servetus at the stake. Like that, that was a mistake. And if you don't think, if you don't think uh, politics can ruin your reading of the Bible, then you're going to have a a hard time explaining the gospels where politics consistently yeah. ruins people's reading of the Bible and, and yeah. misunderstanding of, of who Jesus yeah. was. But Jesus told us to pay taxes, yeah. so it's fine. It, we're good. We're good. And that's the end of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, before we close up, uh, let, let's, let's give something uh, really practical here is um, what, what should I do for uh, my Bible reading? Um, how many times do I have to read James uh, in order to then uh, pull out a commentary, um, how many times do I have to read them to to go back and see every uh, uh, scripture reference to the Old Testament? Um, what 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 what's your suggestion? So uh, obviously we're we're not saying like this is the the cemented in scripture way to do it, but um, you know is 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 it a feeling that I I, I know the material well and then I can dig deeper, or um, what what what's uh, what's my going rate here? Um, okay. Uh, first I would say one of the best things you can do is find yourself a good study Bible. Now I say a good study Bible because there's a lot of bad study Bibles out there. Uh, the Joyce Myers Bible study. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the one. Grab that one. Amazon list. Uh, Click, click, (laughs) uh, one way to get the heresy. Uh, I think the one that I have used, uh, it's, it's the Bible that I was given by my church for my graduation present. And I have gotten every subsequent new edition and, uh, I cannot encourage it enough is the reformation study Bible from Ligonier. Um, uh, it was RC Sproul's baby and, um, it started, it started as a Geneva study Bible or something like that. But, um, yeah, the Reformation Study Bible. Um, you all you have to do is just ignore it whenever it talks about uh, pedo baptism, and then you'll, you'll or, get or anything against uh, presuppositionalism. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, although I don't know that they get into that much, but um, another one is uh, the ESV Study Bible is a really good one. I I think uh, those two are are really good, and the reason I like those is part is is because it's really it's a big book. You're not gonna wanna. That's not gonna be your take along with you when you're going uh, evangelizing Bible. That's gonna be your study Bible. Um, <clears throat> and before you move on great- too far, I just wanted to make the joke that uh, they had to rename the Geneva Study Bible um, to the Reformation Study Bible to not confuse it with the original 
uh, Reformation right. Study Bible, um, right. with the the Geneva Bible um, that uh, has still the, the, the notes. The Fs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, the the note the notes are still great, but uh, but you mm-hmm. you will probably uh, want something more yeah. modern. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, but I think that's uh that's one of the things is like a great study Bible. Um, also, what I love about it is if if you get a Bible with good cross references, yes. talking about finding other other um, texts that are similar, like to test against or to to, to check against, um, or, or to get a, a full picture. Like this is one of the reasons I know it's become less popular. People don't like it as much, but I like the. I like BibleGateway.com mm-hmm. because I turn on the cross references and you can just you can just follow that baby and fall down a hole all day of, of checking cross mm-hmm. references. Um, and so, like, this is what I mean when I'm like, don't leave your tools in your belt. Like there are, are in the digital age, we have so many great tools to help you to, to do your study. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also BibleHub.com is a phenomenal uh, database for, for studying. Um ways you can you can te- you can check different versions against each other you can you can use the greek without knowing greek because they have a really great greek interlinear tool um and uh oh before yeah. before we before we forget we need to say most people when they mm-hmm. read multiple versions of the bible do it wrong oh if, sure when you're consulting multiple versions so consulting multiple versions is amazing when you're consulting multiple versions, you need to read those multiple versions and go, okay, what is the underlying meaning of this text that explains everything I just read? Yeah. Not which one do I like the best of yes. everything I just read? Yes. So, so, yes. so the, the people read multiple versions and then they get very like, under-inclusive of, okay, uh-huh. I figured out what it means. It means this thing I like and not this thing I don't like. Yeah. No, no, you did it wrong. <laughs> it, it, it like, if, if everything you're reading was committee translated by Christians, <laughs> um, um, then, then everything you're reading was more accurate than you're going to get by yourself. So yeah. take, all of them into account form your interpretation based on what accounts for everything you read, not just the favorite one. (laughs) So, so that's first step, get a good study Bible, use your tools. Like we've given you some good websites to use. Um, The second thing is um, when it comes to going deeper, um, be patient, get a good, get a good grip of the whole story of the Bible. Like that's the one, another thing is like, um, Look for the full story when you're reading through the Bible. Like, don't just don't just take individual mm-hmm. texts, take it in isolation. Um, the, the reason why on our, our show, the Anarchist Bible Study, we always spend so much time reviewing what we've read so far is because we not only want to remind our listeners, but want to remind ourselves that what the passage we're looking at now is not the first passage in the book. And it's the same thing with the different books. Um, but then I would say this about greek and sorry since i'm not going to do all this myself i'm just going to jump in and make my additions to your list um (laughs) it's usually um, how it works (laughs) so one of one of paradoxically one of the most useful books i ever saw assigned at seminary was the big picture story bible yeah um yeah 
<laughs> and it because man because a seminarian should be able to read that in one sitting mm-hmm. <laughs> um and you will get a really good grasp of the whole story of the bible and yeah because I'm That's- the kind of guy who does this I have some quibbles but <laughs> you'll get you'll get a a really really good grasp mm-hmm. of the broad strokes of the bible in mm-hmm. in a in a in a quick in one sitting mm-hmm. if you're an yeah. adult that and kevin DeYoung's the biggest story mm. uh it's a children's story that apparently he gave as a children's message at christmas and then he expanded it to a children's story that is going to be the best biblical theological book you're going to read seriously it's it's about the snake crusher so yeah. get that book and it, it's so good but anyway um on the subject of greek and hebrew It is not as hard to learn Greek in particular as you might think it is. Like, I, I think a lot of people hear that, like you, like they hear that I know Greek and I'm like, they're like, oh, it's so impressive. Honestly, if you get Mounce's uh, biblical Greek, uh, intro, uh, elementary biblical Greek, I forget what it's called, intro biblical Greek, or Jay Gresham Machen has an old Greek handbook that I actually learned from. And uh, it's, it's still still solid. Uh, there's another one by mm-hmm. a man named Dobson that's really useful. You can find a co- a, a, a Greek uh, tutoring book, and you can you can do a lot teaching mm-hmm. yourself. Or I'm willing to bet that if you walked up to your pastor and said, "Hey, I bought this Greek primer. Would you be willing to teach it to me?" Your pastor mm-hmm. is going to very like very uh, professionally in front of you say, sure, I think we can do that. And then they'll go back to their office and jump for joy that someone wants to learn Greek in the congregation. Like, I think you'll, you'll find that it's, it's a, and the benefit of it isn't, you're going to come out of it, a scholar who can correct the translation of your ESV Bible. Mm -hmm. The answer is that in the end, you're going to be, you're going to find it's deepening by slowing you down when you translate a text you get the same effect from memorization, by the way, but slowing down and, and I, th- I can't can't recommend that enough. Like there's fast reading that's important and then slow reading. Yeah. And and you're going to get a lot of that. I have a, I have a pastor that challenges people to um, try and read the Bible, however many years old you are. And he goes, you know how long it takes to read the Bible from beginning to end? 72 hours. You can do it. Obviously, that's, you know, no breaks and everything like that. But I mean, that that's pretty good for a book that encapsulates all of human history and has the keys to uh, eternal life. So, you know, you're, you're kind of doing yourself a favor there. Yeah. yeah. For everything you need in life for life and godliness, it's a, it's pretty compact. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. And, and um, uh, I, 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 two things that I, I, I can add to my own question here. Um when, when you're reading your Bible through the year and you get to February and you get to the uh, begats and to the sacrifices, um, having that understanding of what would it have meant to the people of the time and also the people of Jesus' time and how important it was to them, it should also be important to us. And yes, yeah. right. We, we, I, I've, I've, I've said my prayer before, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me as I skip two chapters um, I'll, we'll call it good. Right. Uh, I've, I've said that prayer. 
a number of times, uh, which also means I'm reading my Bible. So then there's that. Um, but we know Jesus's lineage through those, those things. Mm-hmm. We can see Christ in the sacrifices. Uh, um, I'm going to blow your guys' mind, but I'm going to recommend G.K. Beale. Uh, God dwells what? among us. There's an ongoing joke between our, our two shows that I think we've said that book a number of times, or, you know, the, 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 the there's a, there's a, a, a bigger version to that, but God dwells but, among us. But the fact that you're the one who first mentioned uh, GK Beale and I'm the, one meme of generator. the one who first mentioned uh, Bob Murphy is, is <laughs> that you Bob Murphy is just Honor. really, yeah. I don't know what happened. Right. <laughs> On our show, GK Beale is known as Senpai Beale. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Papa Beal. <laughs> but but seeing just it, 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 it's 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 getting to that person that you kind of want to be and say, oh, if I read the Bible enough, and the Lord has blessed me to mm-hmm. come to 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 be in command of it, as in be commanded by it, but to to to, yeah. to set my mind to it and to figure out, I like I've I read that book and. You know, there are times when, you know, if, if, if you're a math person, you get that, you, you went, you got algebra mm-hmm. and, and your brain like snaps. It's, it's almost like a synapsis forms itself and you're, and you're just there. Mm-hmm. When I got that book and I'm in the, like the middle part of it, my brain snaps. And I was like, this is amazing. This, this is something to know. This is something to understand and not just to know, but to meditate on and to see the, 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 uh, the, um, the t- topology of Jesus in the garden, in the tent, in the temple, in the church at the end. Like, I mean, it, it's just, it's just, I, there's a reason that I keep bringing that up because it, it had that big of impact on me. Um, so yeah. that type of stuff can drive us to have an yeah. encounter like that. And it, it, not just, uh, 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 I feel good about myself. Um, but it, it's something that I've, I've prayed about with that. I've, I've glorified God and I've, brought it to other people. I, I think um, while it might not have like, um, for lack of a better word, infected other thinkings uh, of, of me, I've, I've used that type of, of learning and, and, and it's affected other, uh, other learnings down, down the road. And I will say, once you learn all these things, the Greek, the Hebrew, uh, oh, I can tie uh, John 1, 1 to Genesis 1, 1. Look at me. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't bring you to humility, you got to start yeah. over again yeah. and, and go back yeah. uh, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that person. I, uh, uh, every sin that I talk about on the show, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sin that I have committed am committing will commit and uh, need repentance of. Um, but it, it's something that if, if, if reading GK Beale's book made me uh, look what I can do, I, I'm, I'm, I've done a disservice to his work, to the work of scripture and ultimately yeah. to the Holy spirit. And I don't, yeah. I don't want that on me. Uh, you know, I, I want to be able to uh, uh, be pruned of that before <laughs> yeah. before meeting Christ and going, hey, wh- wh- yeah. what, what about that kid you pushed in the mud? Yeah. You're right. And when I say biblically ruthless, I want to be clear about who we're being ruthless with. You're being ruthless with your own worldview and with your own life. Like take, you know, the word of God is a double edged sword. It is it cuts and you use that to hack away or to be more accurate, let the Lord use it to hack away every foolish, false thought and every sinful, prideful uh, deed and 
And be clear, it's going to hurt. <laughs> like it's going to hurt. And in the end, you're going to look weird because it's going to distinguish you from the world. And since, uh, since much of the church is very worldly, it's going to make you look different than even other believers by letting the word um, go to work on you. And, um, but also like, I like your idea, like to coupling that with humility and you're helping others and gently leading others along uh, as well. Well, um, and to yeah. remind people that we are Baptists and not Lutherans, I'll quote Spurgeon um, that I, <laughs> that he, he says, uh, um, I, I think I'm quoting this correctly. Um, to have peace with God, a man must have war within. Mm. Um, that, mm. that so. <laughs> I it's I mean, it's almost like he he was some sort of prince of preachers. That way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Augustine says this on Christian teaching. Uh, so anyone who thinks that he has understood the divine scriptures or any part of them but cannot by his understanding build up this double love of God and neighbor has mm -hmm. not yet succeeded in understanding them. So, you know, mm -hmm. that we'll go back to the original OG there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me do uh, uh, four books for, for um, ex extended reading on, um, on, uh, on, Biblical hermeneutics, and we'll end the shortest uh, episode of anarchist Bible study ever. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're trying to wrap up. I'm like, <laughs> it's like I, I think there are still people awake in this town. This is amazing. Yeah, the sun's not here. coming up yet. <laughs> if, if you're looking for, um, kind of a. a where to start a, a, a basic one, uh, a book, but, uh, but ha has definite meats on it. Uh, Living by the book by Howard Hendricks. And I'll recommend anything by Howard Hendricks because I read, I, I just picked something off the shelf one day, um, uh, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron, which is about mentorship. And I read everything possible by him um, that I, I could get my hands on where I, I knew his jokes coming up. I could listen to uh, what he was saying. And, and I heard his tone. And then once I finished, I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's still alive. And two weeks before I finished his last book, he, he was, he was passed away. So um, oh, it, it was, wow. it was really interesting um, to, to do something like that. And I've encouraged people like a GK Beale uh, type thing. Uh, it, it would be amazing. Or like, I, I, I'm trying to go through all Kostenberger stuff and, mm -hmm. and just, you, you get a flavor for it, but he writes with a lot of people. So that's hard, but living by the book by Howard Hendricks is, you know, it, he does a hand illustration and, and it just keeps you kind of grounded on, okay, am I sure I'm kind of just reading and this, and, and like Josh mentioned and, and Jeff as well, uh, this goes for anything. This goes for any book, you know, you're reading Pilgrim's Progress and Pilgrim's Progress is a good story where you don't have to draw. I mean, it, it's, it's easier, you know, the, the, the shepherd guy ends up being the king at the end. Oh, gee, I wonder who that is. What? Um, <laughs> Um, so, uh, living by the book, um, got to reckon, uh, recognize sprawl, uh, knowing scripture is in there. And then, uh, one to, to kind of help, um, um, kind of have a balance of, of using new Testament, old Testament. Uh, there's two versions of it commentary on the new Testament use of the old Testament by GK Beale shocking, or there's kind of the, um, the shorter version that he always does because he writes these, these amazing tomes 
And then he, he gets like a, a, a ghostwriter to help him boil it down to the, 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 you know, you, you, you've got the double noodle in the chicken noodle and you wanted more noodle. Well, guess what? Quadruple noodle, mega noodle. Mm-hmm. It's there. So a handbook on the New Testament, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a use of the Old Testament, I think is, is something like that. Commentary and handbook. I'll have uh, links. Um, and one that I just picked up uh, by uh, Richard Patterson and Andreas Kostenberger mm-hmm. is Invitation to Biblical Interpretation. And that almost does exactly what we did here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I didn't have as much fun, uh, although uh, I'm not through reading it yet, uh, where he does uh, l- looks at the the rules. Uh, they, they look at the rules of of biblical hermeneutics and shows you kind of how to help that within uh, uh, understanding what the canon is and also going through the Old Testament and seeing uh, 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 that put to use as well. So um, that that one um, uh, was an amazing uh, resource. So that one's a little bit more on the, the heady side, but uh, I kind of list them in from basic to more complex. So um, got to add more books to the shelf so or to the Kindle. Yeah. Guys, yeah. anything else that I haven't that that the Lord has put on your heart. I'm, I'm doing an altar call. So I'll say, so I'll, I'll, I'll once again put this back in touch with what, what makes this useful for apologetics is that in, in, in apologetics, you're, you're trying to move someone to the Christian worldview. And the Christian worldview is absolutely wrapped up in the worldview of the scriptures. So without hermeneutics, you can't, you your 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 apologetics is is aimless it's not you can't be pulling people to a to a worldview that you don't do aren't yourself well established in and you don't yourself know well and when you when you look at the the just unmoored nature of human thought in 2021 to once again data our this podcast but um to uh, it's going to get better (laughs) (laughs) no but i just explicitly said whoa 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 (laughs) are we not post millennials here well hold on hold on let's more on that in in the other in in the other in the other episodes of the anarchist bible study we just argue Um, with atheists atheists here not all of christendom but um so but but just the just the unmoored nature of human thought in current year, let's say, uh, <laughs> uh, where um, where um, no one knows how to read a book, no one knows how to pursue a line a line of thought is so. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's uh, it's because uh, Christians don't know how to read a book <laughs> we we is uh um that um we are the ability that we that the broader culture even has to do that now is running off the fumes of the borrowed worldview of christianity and and the the only hope is to get that geared back up again. And to do that, we've got to know it. We've got to know how to read a book. We've got to know how to think. Um, our society doesn't know how to do it because we have not known how to do it very well. We got lazy. We got complacent. Yeah. Um, the only reason they knew how to do it in the first place was the borrowed capital from the Christian worldview. And it's spent like all the capital. <laughs> it's been inflated. 
it's 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 bit and we're printing fiat um, it's, it's, it's there's a there's there's no there there um and and so yeah that's um that i would say is the uh is is the is the connection here with apologetics is that yeah yeah is that this is this is the that hermeneutics is fundamentally the foundation of the christian worldview it uh that 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 philosophy is a is an excellent handmaiden to hermeneutics um mm-hmm. and a lousy mm-hmm. uh, a, a lousy king or queen <laughs> uh, yes i know you guys haven't d- done this yet yeah. but is, is there anywhere else that we can find you or your stuff or <laughs> maybe support you in some monetarily fashion <laughs> maybe maybe by via fiat I can't, I can't think of a way. Uh, <laughs> Your producer, think, uh, Randy, really needs uh, some coffee. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, like the, the big thing is, uh, you know, we, we uh, obviously you don't know us from Adam. You don't know that we deserve your money yet. So, uh, but, but uh, if you're just really motivated by, uh, by watching this, you can support us by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. And, and one thing you'll notice if you come over to our show, the anarchist Bible study and watch us uh, either on YouTube or in any audio format, uh, most, most audio formats, uh, you'll notice we do a lot of bits and that's one of the bits that we do is periodically dropping our way. You can, you can give us money, but, uh, uh, that's what you can expect from our show is, uh, you know, we, we, what we try to do is, you know, we, uh, I guess I'll, I'll explain what our show is our show. Isn't, uh, two guys trying to prove anarchy from the Bible or true, or we use the word anarchy because it's more clickbaity. Really it's libertarianism. Uh, libertarianism from the Bible. We're not trying to do that. There's other people who can do that and do it better than us. Um, we're more about let's get into the text and then let's also bring some applications that we find as that, that it will apply to us politically. And, and honestly, a lot more often these days, culturally. And, uh, and uh, we, we also do these side episodes, these bonus episode series we're going through in bits and, spurts uh called the uh the evangelical downgrade we're talking about the way we see kind of the the evangelical world has 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 kind of lost its way a little bit um but but all but really like if you're looking for a uh a show of two guys laughing their way through the book of revelation um and uh but who are serious and in love with the text of scripture uh that's that's what you're going to get from the anarchist bible study and uh you know, maybe come check us out. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> of course, I got to say links in the description below. Uh, I've also uh, I'm going to include the two episodes that I was on and then it picked back up a- after that. So um, the evangelical downgrade episodes are phenomenal and not just because I forced you guys to answer one of my questions that kind of uh, I think was split into to two. But uh, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, Jeff is uh, from Canada is throwing things into Iowa because uh, once you had me, you, I, I never let you guys go. So I, I love you guys. I appreciate you. I've learned a lot from you. And I just am uh, if 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 uh, Twitter devolves into a totalitarian state on its own, I at least got to meet meet you guys, uh, maybe never face to face, but um, on the side of glory, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take this. Right. this the, you guys are amazing. And I, I can't sing your praises enough. 
And hey, let's uh, let's praise our host a little bit. Um, he uh, no one has spurred on better content and thought from us than like than you like you've also asked us some some of the some of our best stuff is from you asking really good questions and uh um well like, and, and this this show um has has show, uh, yeah. has has been um a a, a a great source for uh uh, uh, a lot of what we uh, talk about and think about, and uh, and and then and and you turn you turned us on uh, to uh, Revive Studios, Revive Thoughts, which yes. yeah. uh, which has been just amazingly uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, helpful for us as well. So um, yeah. so yeah, Patrick, uh, it, this this has not been uh, this has not been one sided. Patrick has absolutely been <laughs> uh, yeah. been invaluable to us uh yeah. as well so well, thank you guys and we're honored we're honored to be your friend and we have to say uh uh whoever if you're watching this show you yeah, he's going to take good care of you it's a it's a good good show he's a good thinker and uh uh don't go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover but <laughs> throw some money his way like he definitely deserves it i'm just saying sorry i don't i don't know how you guys collect but you know maybe it just needs to be like just literally throwing money at you I mean, but, you know, that works you know. because uh, as long as under 600 bucks, I don't have to report it to the IRS, right? <laughs> um, well, again, uh, just just thank you guys so much. And um, uh, um, I, I just encourage people out there. And if, if they do throw more money your way, then maybe uh, I can replace Randy someday as your, your guys' editor. So, so I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'll, I'll get it on the back end. I'll get points. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys. And uh, uh, I don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your time tonight, but uh, uh, always go <laughs> in grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.